promises. Amen. And I will give, turn me down a little bit there. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hands, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and sling it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Amen. And I want to minister to you from this thought for a few moments today. The rock and the sword to defeat your enemies. The rock and the sword to defeat your enemies. God, we truly appreciate you, Lord. We thank you today, God, for your goodness and your grace and your love and all that you do. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay with us and give us understanding and wisdom and your word today, God. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. The rock and the sword to defeat your enemies. The story is told of a man that worked at a sawmill factory and each day as he was ready to leave the sawmill factory, he would come out and he was pushing a wheelbarrow and he had a box in the wheelbarrow and the guard would say to him, what's in the box? And the guy says, sawdust is in the box. And so the guard would open the box and sure enough, there would be sawdust in the box. And and he says, what are you going to do with it? And he says, I'm going to take it home and dump it out and maybe someday use it. And he would go and, and it goes the next day and the guy is leaving work and the guard is at the gate and the guy says to him, What's in the box? He says, sawdust. He says, you know, every time we cut lumber, the sawdust builds up around the saw. And so we have to sweep it all up at the end of the day. And so I just put it in a box and I take it home with me. And so he's pushing the wheelbarrow in the box. And the guy said, let me see. So he opens up the box and looks. And sure enough, it's nothing but sawdust. And this goes on for week after week after week after week. And finally, the guy is coming out one day, and he's got the wheelbarrow, and he's got the box in, a, in the wheelbarrow again. And the guy says, what's in the box? And he says, sodas. I told you, sodas. And the guy says, what are you doing with all this sodas? 
He says, I told you I might need to use it someday. And the guy says, no, you're just not taking this sawdust home for nothing. He says, you're stealing something. And the guy says, what are you stealing? He says, I'm stealing nothing. And the guy says, I tell you what, you tell me what you are stealing and I promise not to report you. And the guy says, okay, I'm stealing wheelbarrows. <laughs> the moral of this story is we can focus so much on the little things that we forget about the big things. We need to stay focused on the bigger picture of life. Jesus is coming back for church without spot and without blemish. And we need to stay focused on the big picture and not on the little minute things that really doesn't matter. Amen. Because we can lose focus if we're not careful on the bigger picture and focus on the little things. Amen. I want you to know the big picture is Jesus is coming again. He's coming for his church. Uh, and we don't want to miss it because we're focused uh, on so many little things in life. Amen. Let's stay focused uh, on the big things uh, and on the bigger picture. Amen. Jesus says, see that no man destroy or steal your crown. Amen. That's the bigger picture. We're going to reign with him. We're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. Amen. When Israel came out of Egypt, all the nations that was around them feared them. They was a powerful nation because the nations knew that God was with them. Even Rahab in Joshua 2.11, when the spies goes to Rahab's house in Joshua chapter 2 verse 11, she said to them, and as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain in any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Notice what she says. Uh, amen. If you were the enemy or you was the victor on the other side and you heard these from your enemies, uh, that your God, amen, is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Notice what she says. From the time we heard, our hearts did melt. Uh, there was no more courage in any of those nations that God was bringing his people because they have heard. I want you to know that the enemy of your soul has heard what your God can do. Amen. That should increase your faith every time you open your Bible and read one of these stories of God's victorious conquerors. It should increase your faith that you shall be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because of King Saul's disobedience to do not do what God had required of him, Israel often found themselves now being defeated by their enemies. In some ways, it was kind of like a slap in God's face when other nations was beginning to beat up on Israel. 
You see, as the Lord had told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 and 6, he had given Israel promise, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. See, so they had a promise from God. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Nobody will be able to stand before you. That should encourage you and I. Amen. That no one should be able to stand. None of our enemies should be able to stand before us. Amen. Because God says, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you or hurt you. We have been given power. Amen. And we should not allow our enemies to torment us as Goliath did Israel. Amen. And God is with us. Amen. And if we allow our enemies to torment us, God is not going to be well pleased. Because he's given us power. As I said, because Saul kept rebelling and doing his own thing, God rejected him from being king. And he chose David, he said, a man after my own heart. And when you begin to look at David's life, by all accounts, David seems to be a man of inward strength and resolve. He seemed to have the determination to defeat his enemies. Uh, that is before him. He has a desire, it seems, and a determination to do what God is asking of him to do. Fear doesn't seem to appear anywhere in David's character. Even though there's moments that David would write that he was afraid, all of a sudden you see the next verse. He turns the page and immediately he focuses on God. And he began to talk about what God can do. And as a result, his fear resolves and removes away from him. Amen. And he's strengthened again in his life and in his purpose to do what God is asking him to do. That must be your and my uh, determination that when we have fear or some things comes in our lives uh, that try to torment us, we must immediately get to the Word of God and get a hold of the Word of God and realize that greater is He that is within you than He that is in the world. The promises of God are always yes and amen. And you can put it on the block. You can trust Him. He will come through for you and He will come through for me. David seems to be already battle-tested when he faces Goliath. He told King Saul that God had delivered him out of the paw of the bear and out of the paw of the lion and that God would deliver him out of the hand of that uncircumcised Philistine. That, my friend, is confidence and faith in God. Somewhere, David had learned that there's nothing impossible with God. Somewhere, he had realized and learned that God was on his side. Somewhere, he had learned that God can do 
anything. He wrote in Psalms 20, verse 6 through 9, Now know I that the Lord will save His anointed. He will hear Him from His holy hills, from the saving strength of His right hand. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand right. Save, Lord. Let the King hear us when we call. When your confidence is in God, there is nothing impossible for Him to do. But Saul, for some reason, sat there and trusted in himself and allow his enemy to torment him. Saul trusted in his own strength and his own abilities. I don't know if you notice and focus when you're reading that 17th chapter, how long Goliath tormented them. Forty days. Forty days he came out, the Bible says, morning and evening and tormented them. Do you know what will happen if you sit there for 40 days and let your enemy torment you? You're going to lose confidence. You're going to lose your ability to do anything about the problem or the situation. Somewhere in that 40 days, somebody should have got some courage and got up and says, you're not going to keep defying God. I'm going to challenge him even if it costs me my life. Amen. Say Whatever your problem is or whatever is tormenting you, you can't sit there for 40 days. You've got to get up. You've got to call upon the Lord. You've got to stand on the word of God. You've got to start realizing that God is with you. Even though David was a young boy, he had been anointed to be the king of Israel. And I don't know, but maybe this situation, God was saying, I'm going to show you, Israel, what I'm giving to you to replace King Saul. Amen. A man after mine own heart. A man that will rise up. Amen. And take matters to defeat the enemy of his soul. Amen. But when David heard what that Philistine says, David says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause for you to do something about the situation? Isn't there something that a cause somewhere within that you should glorify God, that God would be seen in your weakness so that he will be made strong? Ain't there's a cause Amen. To defeat your enemies and not let him torment you. Because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 8 and 4, where the word of a king is, there's power. And who's going to say to him, what are you doing? The book of Revelation says, we shall be kings and priests unto the Lord. You are a king in your right for domain. And so therefore, you do not sit there and let your enemy torment you. Amen. Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh, and His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. 
He is the King of Kings. And he is the Lord of Lord. And his word is power. And when he gives you his authority, he gives you his power to tread on serpents and in scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm you. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe, to the Jew and also to the Greek. You have been endued with power from on high to tread upon your enemies. So don't sit there any longer and let him torment you. Take charge. Take the battle to the enemy. Don't let him bring it to you. You take it to him. Amen. And watch and see what God will do through you. When you look at Jonathan, amen, in process, some of this process, you see that Saul was afraid. And in 1 Samuel chapter 14, you see that Jonathan says to his armor barrier, come on, we will go to the Philistines. And if they say, come to us, we know God is with us. If they say, we'll come to you, then we know God is not with us. And as they climbed up that mountain, the enemy says, come to us. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come, for God has delivered them into our hands. And the Bible says he destroyed 20 of his enemies within a half an acre of land. And the Bible called that a great slaughter. When the Philistines came out against Shimei to try to take his bean field, he got in the middle of his bean field and he defended it while everybody else ran. He stood still in the middle and defended his peas pea pods uh, and his beans out in the middle of that field and God gave him the victory. They're no different than you and I. God has already told us there shall no enemy be able to stand before us. So you don't need to run. You need to just stand still and see the salvation of God. As Moses said, the enemy you see today, you won't see him again for your God will fight for you. Just go forth and watch and see what God will do. John says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear will torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You see, if you fear your enemies, he will cause you to be sick and in pain physically and mentally. So you need to defeat him. Amen. While the army of Israel sat there and allowed Goliath to torment them for 40 days. And everyone talking about how big he was. David simply says, my God is more powerful. My God is more bigger He's bigger than all my questions. He's bigger than all my fears. He's bigger than anything that I can and cannot see. Amen. And when David says, I will fight him. Amen. They was trying to discourage him. Amen. Because they had sat there for 40 days. Amen. And been tormented. So their their confidence had already depleted because they sat there. But David is fresh on the battlefield. He knows what God 
has already done. He knows what God has already said. And so he says to his brothers and to King Saul, I will fight him. Even though Saul tried to give them his armor, David says, I have not proved them. Amen. You can't win your enemies with what I have. You've got to learn how to deplete your enemies and defeat your enemies with what God has given you. Amen. You've got to learn what you got. David had just a sling, but he knew how to use that sling to defeat his enemies. I don't know what gift God has given you, but you need to realize what it is, and you need to learn how to use it to defeat your enemies that keep tormenting you and coming against you. Because God is with you. I won't leave you. I will not forsake you. Notice David got five stones. Some people have said that this represents the fivefold ministry. He gave them an apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I don't know what it means, but I think somewhere the Word of God has got to take him down. Somewhere you've got to have the Word of God hidden in your heart so that you will not sin against God. Somewhere you've got to stand upon the Word of Almighty God and realize that through the Word of God you can defeat your enemies. He took a rock. He took a stone. That rock represents repentance. Then said Peter, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children and to all that are far even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you do never repent, you can never defeat your enemies. Paul goes on and tells the church in 2 Corinthians 7.10, For godly sorrow, work of repentance, the salvation not to be repented of, but sorrow of the world, wicked death. Peter says in 2 Peter 3.9, For God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We can never defeat our enemies if we don't turn around and go after the kingdom of God and the things of Almighty God. We must have a repentant heart any time we realize we are wrong or we're doing wrong. We need to turn around and get back in the right path. Stand ye and ask, where's the good path? Where's the old ways? And walk therein and you'll find rest to your soul. We have to have obedience in our lives. As Samuel told Saul, to obey is better than sacrifice and the heart and the facts of rams. Amen. Saul was not obedient but David, by all accounts, was obedient to the things of God. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your soul, as they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. We need to be obedient servants of Almighty God. If not, we can never 
the feet our enemies. We need to be men and women of character. Amen. We cannot win without God's character operating in our lives. We must be morally right. We must be holy and pure. We must be steadfast and unmovable in the things of Almighty God. Character really counts when you're trying to defeat your enemy. He knows if you don't have character that you can never defeat him. That's why Jesus says the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, it is peace, it is long-suffering, it is gentleness and goodness and faith and temperance and meekness against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's has crucified the flesh with his affections and lust. If we walk in the Spirit, let's also live in the Spirit. Amen. Character really counts. We've got to have the knowledge of God if we're going to defeat our enemies. If you don't know what your God can do, you don't know the arson that you have at your fingertips. One of the things that every good soldier learns is what he has at his disposal to help him to defeat his enemies. We must understand and know God. That's what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not neither the uh, uh, mighty man the glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him the glory, glory in this, that he know and understand me that I am the Lord which exercise righteousness and truth and judgment in this earth says God Almighty he wants you to know him oh that I might know him Paul says and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering men conformable unto his death that by any mean I might obtain unto that which I am apprehended of brethren I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We've got to know Him. Who do they say I, the Son of Man, am? Some says you are John the Baptist. Some said you're Jeremiah or one of the old prophets. But Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed art thou, Simon Virgona, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you have the knowledge of who God is, you can defeat your enemy every time. You've got to have the rock. Who is God? Save the Lord. And who's a lot rock? Save our God. When you read the Psalms, you find David is constantly talking about that rock. Amen. He builds his life on top of that rock. 
Jesus even tells us in Matthew 7 that we need to build upon the rock because when the wind blows and the rain comes, it's going to be heavy upon the house. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're not your own, but the winds of doctrine, different things are going to come against you. There's going to be things that try to torment you. There's going to be things that try to knock you down, to defeat you, to discourage you. But if you are built on the rock, amen, you don't have to worry, amen, because it's solid. It ain't going nowhere. You'll be standing firm and standing strong on the word of Almighty God. As Paul told the church at Ephesus, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And having been all you can do to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shell of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the five darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you want to defeat your enemies, you've got to take the word of God. For the word of God is quick, is powerful, it is sharp than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividers of under, of soul and spirit, and joint and moral, and as the discerner of the thoughts uh, and the intent uh, of your heart. If the enemy of depression is trying to bring you down, get the word, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be you lifted, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. If you have low self-esteem, get to the Word of God. Amen. Who shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulations or distress or famine or persecution or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Nay, and all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Praise God. You can defeat him with the rock and the sword. Amen. The word of God, as Jesus told Satan, he defeated him by the word of God. It's an example. Jesus says, I have given you examples. <laughs> Everything you need to be successful. Jesus has left us 
an example. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. Praise God. Amen. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom, saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. Amen. There's no enemy that can stand before you. Think of what the word of God tells you. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. There's no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of God. Think about all the great scriptures. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my strength, and my fortress, and my God whom I will trust. Amen. You should not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the error that fly by day, nor the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor the destruction that waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. Why? He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your way. They will bear you up in your hands, uh, lest you dash your foot uh, against a stone. Call upon me in the time of trouble, and I will hear you and deliver you, and you will glorify my name. And who so offer praise glorifieth me, and to him that order his conversational right will I show this salvation of the Lord. Micah says in Micah 3.8, but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of God. Amen. You've been given all the power from on high so there's no enemy. James says you believe there's one God. He said the devil also believe and he's trembling every time you come. Don't let him torment you. Isn't it amazing? For 40 days all Goliath, the biggest giant in the field, do was torment across the valley. You would have thought he'd have walked over there as big as he was. Amen. The other part you see about him, he even got to have a, a guard in front of him. He's out there with the with the uh, armor barrier in front of him as big as he is. And David just comes out by himself. Think about it. Notice. Goliath looks at David and says, I am a dog. You come out with staffs. David said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God whom you are defiling. He says, this day, he's going to deliver your head into my hands. And not only that, he said, the whole host of the Philistines. He says, the day God is going to do it and all your caucuses. It's going to be given to the birds, the fowl of the air, and the wild beasts of the land. Here's this giant. He's got to have an armor barrier. Well, you need an armor barrier as big as he is with all that stuff on. Amen. Shows you how afraid your enemy is of you. 
They knew what God had said. Just like Rahab says, well, there's no, no, every man is melted. He, his courage is gone. Amen. It didn't change as long as they knew that that ark was in the camp. As long as they knew that God was there, they was afraid. But for some reason, Saul sat there and let him torment him. And as a result, that's all he did was 40 days torment across the valley, torment across the valley. And finally, when David came, he says, I'll fight him. And he just, and you notice when you read the scriptures, David runs to him. You would have think he was stood back, but no, he charged him. He wanted to get just as close as he could. Amen. And he took that stone and he wound it up. And when he let it go, it sunk right in the middle of his forehead and Goliath hit face down on the ground. And notice what David did. He runs and he stands on top of him. Amen. He puts his enemy under his foot. Amen. And he reaches in because he doesn't have a sword. And he pulls out Goliath's sword. And first he slay him. I think David probably just went straight down. Amen. And stabbed him with it. And then make sure he was dead. And then he cut his... <laughs> Excuse me, cut his head off. Amen. From that point. Because, amen. Once you get your enemy under your feet, you gotta kill him. Amen. Put him under your feet. Put him under your feet. Claiming the victory. Amen. That story is there for you and I to let you know God is with you. Amen. God is with you. Only God could have took that stone directly where it needed to go. And you see so many other scriptures and passages where if God didn't do it, it wasn't going to happen. I come to tell you today, you go and let God do the work. Amen. You don't worry about the situation. You don't worry about the circumstance. You just let God fight your battles for you because that's his job. That's not your job. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. You let God fight. You take your purposes. You take your battles to the Lord because there's nothing impossible for him. And you can defeat your enemies, every one of them, with the rock and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. Let's stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's so many inspiring. Well, the whole Bible is, you know that. It is so wonderful. Amen. When you see how David has written about God to encourage us and to strengthen us. Amen. And the apostles, how they wrote about God to encourage and strengthen you and I. Amen. So that we would not lose hope. We've got power. Amen. Yes, the enemy is going to try to torment us. Yes, the enemy is going to try to defeat us. But greater is he that's in us. Oh, there's just so many wonderful passages of Scripture that you can just grab onto and hold on to and just laugh at your enemies if you want to because God is always with you. This old song says, we have the spirit of David. 
we have the spirit of praise. Longing to dwell in his presence. Rejoicing in the Lord always. Lifting our hands in the temple. A banner of worship we erase. We have the spirit of David. We have the garment of praise. Amen. Because he has given you a garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness. That we might be trees of righteousness. The planet of the Lord. That he might be glorified. Amen. You got some enemies this morning? You can defeat them. You can defeat them. Just take the rock and the sword of the spirit. The name and the word of God. And you can defeat all of your enemies. If you feel you need to pray, the altars have opened this morning. Amen. Or right where you are. Amen. Praise God. Whatever your enemy is, you can defeat him. Don't let him. Purpose today. When I leave, he ain't tormenting me anymore. Amen. I'm going to defeat him. I'm getting over him. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I love you, Lord.